Welcome to Sunday Drivers. Uh, we are fresh off the heels of a Tyler Reddick victory. I don't think anybody other than Chase Elliott fans are upset about that. Uh, Linus, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, my guy finally won. Well, yeah. not my main guy, but my second guy. So happy yeah. about that. He's been so close for so long. It's great to see him finally get that win. I've been a fan when he uh, since he was coming up in the truck series. You know, uh, I was a believer that he was going to win the championship in 2018 and 19. The man is very talented, and it's it's about time he he is in a place where he can showcase that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it looked a lot better earlier this season, but they've had a few races now where they've not been as fast. But uh, over the last few weeks, he's gotten that speed back up and should have won Bristol Dirt earlier this year. Maybe should have had a win even last year. Um, but I think now that he's finally got that weight off his shoulders, I think he's he's definitely going to go into the round of 12, but he might even be a contender for the round of eight because he's uh, he's quite far up in the standings as well what, uh, now that he finally got that win. What round is Homestead in? Is that the sec- uh, round of 12 or round of eight? Because if he goes to Homestead in the playoffs, he's going to shine. I think that's the last race before the final this year. Yeah. Let me just check. Uh, no, it's uh, the second to last. It's Homestead, Martinsville, and then Phoenix. So it's in the round of eight. I, I mean, I've I've noticed that a lot of drivers who are good at a certain track and Xfinity it transfers over very well to Cup. I mean, look at Christopher Bell and New Hampshire. He's garbage almost anywhere else this year, but I'm sure he's going to have a good showing out in New Hampshire. Um, Reddick's always been good at Homestead. So I can't wait to see what, what's in store for him. Although uh, a couple years ago, Richard Childress told, uh, did an interview, and he said Tyler Reddick reminded him of Kale Yarbrough. Mm-hmm. I I just I love the dude's personality. He's great on Twitter. Uh, I don't I don't know if you're in the Twitter space at all, but like after that fight between or the knockout between Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer, he uh, he took a video of a suitcase and him throwing MMA gloves into the suitcase, getting ready for the race tomorrow. He, not to mention. He won with a CBD sponsored team, something I never thought I would see in NASCAR. You know, I, I just, the whole thing is really cool. And I was really excited to see him win. Yeah. And the way he did it as well passed, obviously one of the best road course racers in NASCAR cleanly. Don't know if they made any contact whatsoever, but if they did, that was more chase trying to get him back. Um, and to see that twice this weekend as well. I think it made it special for both the guys that won. So on on the whole, I, I don't know how you felt about the races, but neither one of us were too positive going into this race uh, based on our last episode. But both Xfinity and Cup races were kind of snooze fest until the final couple of laps and then someone gets by the guy who's been dominating the entire race. Yeah, it's uh, the Xfinity race had a little bit more excitement. Uh, I think had a few cautions and stuff like yeah. that, and obviously the major crash. I think we'll talk about later. Um, great racing at the end, though. Uh, 
an amazing job by Ty Gibbs. And then the cup race didn't have a single caution apart from the stages. Um, so, which in a way is pretty good because it made for more racing and less pacing, obviously, which would have taken forever. Um, but without the stage breaks, I think the cup race would have been a lot better because, you know, everyone but six or seven or eight cars pitched two or three laps before the stage ends and then they all just cycle back to where they were and then they do it again and again, you know. It's uh, stage rate, I mean, give stage points at road courses but take away the yellow flags. I think that's the only solution because it's, um, it, I, in my opinion, it doesn't really work on road courses, especially when they're this long. Yeah. I I mean we're talking the size of like Coda Road America, you know. Uh, Watkins Glen for me, that's just something that's always kind of happened there, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the whole, like, in your opinion, has the Road America experiment failed? This is the second year, you know. I mean, they didn't really show the audience as much this year as they did last year. I think didn't sh- really show the hype. As, especially with it being 4th of July, uh, they probably should do that a bit more. The racing wasn't superb, you know, not a lot of stuff happening. Uh, but I don't know. I, I've never really been a fan of tracks this long in NASCAR, especially with the stages, so I don't know. But if they're going to ditch a track for a potential street course, which we talked about last week, uh, this is probably the one that has to go, unfortunately, because they're not going to ditch Coda. Uh, with the status that has on the international right. scene, and none of the others are going anywhere either. So, because Coda has big mon- money making potential, you know, you could have a double header weekend with, you know, IndyCar F1, or the money's out there for the potential. They're not going to get rid of that. So, I did say last week, I think Mid Ohio should get a shot in the Cup Series, but. We'll see. We'll see how the Indy Road Course is in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, as long as they take out the sausage curbs, I think they'll be fine with that one as well. Um, I'm trying to uh, find something, though. I saw a stat on the race lengths of the races, and I think the cup race was 15 laps longer than Xfinity, right? Uh, but the Xfinity race was 17 seconds longer than the cup race this weekend, yeah, which Bob- I found quite interesting. Was that a Jeff Glock's tweet or Bob Pockris? One of the two. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's a bit weird, but I mean, they didn't have a single caution. So. Yeah. They, I mean, then they get around that track when there's nothing stopping them. So it, <laughs> Xfinity race, uh, you know, Kyle Larson dominated a large majority of that. <clears throat> I, where are you at on uh, Cup drivers racing in Xfinity? Um, well, I mean, it's a bit bit of both. It's uh, <clears throat> I was against it quite a bit more a few years ago, and it's not really. You know, we've seen Sam Mayer twice be the first regular, or maybe even three times, be the first regular driver to finish behind the Cup guys in there. So he might have lost one or two wins at least a season thanks to that. Uh, but then when you get something like this happen or when Chase Briscoe straight up beat uh, uh, Chase Kyle. Elliott at Darlington. No, not Chase Elliott. Kyle, Kyle Bush. Bush at Darlington. You know, at those moments, it's great. And for the drivers, even when they lose out to them, it's great because they gain so much experience. But from a fan standpoint, I'm not really 
that into it, at least not when they win, uh, which hasn't happened a lot lately. Um, but, you know, once this thing happens, it's all worth it because it's just so great to see a 19-year-old beat the reigning cup champion at one of the tracks where he's supposed to be the best. So Kind, kind of man, yeah. manhandle him in that dog fight too. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. He, he could have straight up dumped him when he came across his nose during the final lap and he just backed out and passed him in the next corner. Like, I, I gained quite a lot of respect for Ty Gibbs. I know he's great. I've not really liked him, but... I cheered for him on Saturday anyway, even though I'm a Larson fan. Yeah. That was amazing. He's maturing. And that should scare a lot of people. (laughs) You know, uh, but we've we've seen this before. We've seen guys dominate in Xfinity. Like, he's putting up uh, Christopher Bell-like numbers, you know? But what has Bell really done once he's got up to the Cup Series? Yeah, it's uh, it's not been easy for him. I mean, being fourth, car and Gibbs probably isn't easy either. But yeah, I mean, his his teammates have been performing while he's been there, so there's no reason why he couldn't. Uh, same with Austin Sindrick this year. You know, people were expecting him to to do major things. Obviously, he won the Daytona 500, but since then, there's not really been a lot happening. He's had some good results at some road courses. Uh, see where he's at in the standings currently. He is uh, 14th still in the regular season points, 15th yeah. if the playoff starts today. So, I mean, I was expecting more from him, but then again, the step from the Xfinity Series up to the Cup Series is quite big. And so, I mean, he's, he's still doing pretty well. Yeah, I, you know, a lot well he shocked the world by winning the Daytona 500 and I think that put a lot of unreal expectations on him further but uh, you know he's having a rookie year in a new vehicle that nobody knows so we'll see next year is going to be the the make or break year I think yeah, I think this is probably the best year to be a rookie in cup since no one knows the car and you're almost on the same level as everyone when the season starts uh, apart from you know racing etiquette and all that and racing the longer races but he's uh, he's done a really good job I think and Christopher Bell his time is probably coming it's it's not like he's far off he's still up there having some uh, some good results and he's uh, I can't even find him in the standings now just because I'm looking for him um, but he he's Unless we get a bunch of more winners, he's still going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so on points, which which is still great, but I don't see why he wouldn't win one of the remaining races. So still one to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Well, like I like I said, we got a uh, New Hampshire coming up, and I think for two years straight, he won every race in the truck and the uh, Xfinity series. Every time he sat behind a wheel there. He won no matter what series it was. And that we kind of saw that last year uh, when the race ended 10 laps early. But um, I, I think, I think New Hampshire's is kind of make or break point for him. Yeah. It's uh, he's second in the third in points amongst drivers that hasn't won yet. So a couple more drivers and he's definitely at risk. Um, but yeah, New Hampshire could be the track where he breaks through. 
if he uh, can just have a, a good qualifying and start up front so he doesn't have issue with traffic because you know that type of track kind of reminds us of a short track even though it's a little bit longer but um then again, in Gateway, they were able to go two and three wide and race quite a bit. So who knows? It totally depends on how the car handles on that track as well. But he uh, he's definitely going to be one to look out for come New Hampshire. So uh, the uh, the biggest talking point of Saturday's Xfinity race was we put Noah Gregson on a pedestal last week, and then he <laughs> went ahead and knocked himself down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. I, I, um, if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, I said that he, I felt like he was ready for a cup and yeah. in one little move on Saturday, uh, he just showed me that he's not. So he, uh, I take back, back everything I said about him last week. Took his frustrations out on what I remember his first name, Sage. Sage Karam. Yeah. Uh, just took his frustrations out on him and wrecked half the Xfinity field. Yeah, I mean, Sage is a great guy. He's been part-time in the car driver for quite a few years. Comes over here now racing in Xfinity, doing a pretty good job and had a great run yesterday, Saturday, considering the amount of time he spent in the car. Um, Noah said that he pushed him off the track several times, but... You know, in turn one, Sage came around the outside. Noah didn't hit the apex, so they made contact. Sage went a bit wide, went up the inside in the next corner and uh, got two of uh, Gregson's wheel off the track, made sure to complete the pass, and then Gregson, for some reason, wants to turn him on a straightaway where there are no safer barriers, just straight into concrete. But somehow he failed, spun himself out, and took out, you know, a third of the field and uh, sent quite a few people to the infield care center. And I've was uh, a bit worried for Brandon Brown there for a while, but thankfully he uh, got up as well without any major issues. Yeah. Was, um, so, yeah, I don't really know what to say about Noah there. He just lost his temper, you know, getting getting raced by a part-time IndyCar driver and having a temper tantrum like that. You can't do that if you're going to be a cup driver. He He's probably still going to get a cup car for next year, but... Noah tricked us into thinking that he had matured. This was the Noah that we saw last year. You know, this is the Noah we saw rim riding and getting rear-ended by David Starr. Um, I, and then and then he just made excuses for it. He had a chance to make everything okay in that interview, and he just blamed Sage for it. Yeah. I mean, the best thing for him to do would just get behind him and then in the next breaking zone, just give him a tap and push him into the gravel. But instead, he wants to just straight up turn him, you know. That he could have said, oh, I missed my breaking point a little bit or whatever. But here, he just hooks it right in the middle of the straightaway, you know. It's just, I don't know, really what he was thinking. And he's uh, he's got a championship to race for as well. So if Sage is in one of those playoff races, he could end oh, yeah. Gregson's playoff run over that, you know. So it wasn't very smart, especially considering the position that he's in at this point of the season. And his main excuse was we're racing for the playoffs. Like, bro, you're, you're already in them. Like just back off, lose a stage point and continue with your day. Now you get nothing. 
Yeah, and a bunch of enemies because I bet you know half of those guys got taken out. They're going to hate him for it. So if they all got payback coming, well, he's not going to complete a single race from here on out. So I just have to see what happens. But still, uh, we're still quite a few races away from the playoffs. So maybe, yeah, uh, maybe people will get over it. But yeah, for for uh, for his own sake, I think uh, he uh, he can't do this again because if he does, you know. There's no way he gets in cup next year, no matter how fast he is. All right. Uh, so on anything else on the Xfinity race as Kyle Larson domination, Ty Gibbs wins. No, nah, not really. Another other than what we talked about, there was uh, the thing I was worried about last week with the the cautions being too long. You know, one of those cautions came at the perfect time, two and a half laps before stage end. So had to close pit road and go for two full laps, cross yeah. the line, go another lap and then pit and then catch everybody. You know, that was, they even said on the broadcast, this is the absolute worst time for the caution to come out. I don't see why they can't just say, okay, we finished the stage on this lap. We open pit road next time by, we shortened the stage by two laps. Just, just do that. You know, you're an ass car, do something. But yeah, yeah. So, but it is what it is. It's the rules. They can't just bend the rules because then they got to do the same on an oval or whatever. I don't know. It's just, that was just pure dumb luck. I think that it happened the way it did, but it is what it is. So Chase Elliott starts from the pole in yesterday's race at Road America and just basically takes everybody to school uh, until 15 laps to go. Yeah, um, not much to say about that race, really. Chase uh, showed domination the whole race. Um, played the strategy pretty well. I mean, obviously, it seemed like they wanted to stay out and get playoff points. But uh, with how many people pitted before he got to two to go, they didn't really have a choice because you can't restart outside the top 20 with how hard it's been to pass for people in the race. And then... Towards the end, Tyler Reddick thankfully showed up and uh, made a clean pass on him. So two good races for the lead and uh, two great winners over the weekend. And I'm super happy for Tyler Reddick. But other than that, you know, some good racing further on down the field. But uh, I, I, I do mean, not much to say. I do have to give credit to Austin Dillon. Uh, he he took a DNF just so his his uh, teammate wouldn't see a caution flag. Oh, yeah. He took himself out of that race, so he wouldn't be dead on track. Like, all props should be given to him. Uh, When when I saw him going slow, I mean, that's my guy, but when I saw him going slow with that flat or whatever it was, I was shouting at his power, like, tell him to get off the damn track. We do not need a caution here. And he He just drove on straight and stopped, so that was... uh... That was great teamwork from him. I mean, he wasn't going to gain much points from staying on track anyway. Having to limp around, he would have been like 30th or whatever anyway. So, yeah, I just uh, he showed great pace as well throughout the race, Austin. It's a shame it didn't work out for him. But, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's, he's one of those that's definitely going to need a win to get in the playoffs. So something needs to happen for him as well. Well, I mean, at the very least, RCR is in the playoffs. And at least with one car. So that's that's good to see. Uh you know, the one of one of the more older organizations in NASCAR 
getting a win is a pretty feel-good moment for most of the sport. Yeah, um, considering how it ended for them last year, with both drivers missing out because of a late winner, that was uh, that was not fun. So it's great to see them have at least one car in. Still eight races as well to get the last one in, but we'll have to see. Yeah, he's got it done at Daytona before Austin, so it could very well be done again. I mean, we also have tracks where strategy comes into play coming up, like Pocono and Michigan. So you know, there's a there's a large variety of tracks coming, but also a large variety of opportunities. So who knows? We're at 13 winners right now. I do not think we stop. You know, it's, I don't know how many winners we'll see by the end of the season, but I think they might have to redo the playoff format for next year. Yeah, I mean, for the season, we could easily see 18, 19 winners before the playoffs. Hopefully 17, just to see what happens. Uh, But I think we're definitely going to get to 16. There is no way Blaney and Truex, for example, isn't winning. Harvick, maybe. It's kind of hard to tell where he would get the win. But, I mean, I think he's going to get a win as well. His his team is coming on because... Yesterday, they started 28th, and they finished top 10. He's been mm-hmm. at the front the past couple of races. I mean, he's good at Michigan. I'm a, I'm a Harvick fanboy, so I'm on my soapbox right now. But he, he's, he's good at Michigan. Uh, New Hampshire, he's not bad at. You know, there's there's uh, places to get it done, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Harvick's, Harvick's in the, the twilight of his career. And uh, 2023 will probably be his last season, regardless if he gets that W or not. Yeah, it's I don't I can't really his his uh, Keelan is getting so old as well. I think he wants to spend more time with him racing. I mean, he could probably go back do some short track or something. But when his contract runs out, I don't think we'll see him resign to keep racing. I mean, maybe he buys a team like Isolowski and does something like that, but. I don't know. It's um, he's got enough money to just sit back and enjoy watching his son grow up and grow up racing. But I don't think he uh, he was that much into oval racing. So they might go to Europe. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't. I think on the Dale Junior download. Sorry, I had a brain malfunction for a second. On the Dale Junior download, he was he was pretty adamant that he only had one or two years left. So I I think. Next year, or at the end of this year, he'll announce that next year will be his last year. I don't think that's too hard of a decision, man. He's He's been in the sport since, well, in Cup since 2001. We've we've seen his entire family grown. It's, it's uh, I don't think he's going to stay home, though. He'll probably take a spot in the commentator booth. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been doing a good job when, whenever he's been up there, so... Could potentially see that. I mean, there isn't an infinite amount of spots up there as well, uh, or either. But you know, he's he's definitely been good, doing a good job when he's been up there. So, if Fox is going to continue with this circulation of commentators, we could definitely see him pop up there a few times, for sure. Well, we we don't know the status of Clint Boyer in the next couple of years either. You know, with uh, everything that's happened to him, but we'll see. You never know. Um, 
man, yeah, one of the best battles of that whole race was Tyler Reddick trying to beat Chase Elliott off of pit road. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't really get that part of the strategy because it looked like Reddick was faster, but he couldn't get by him on track. So I thought like pit a lap before or pit a lap after to give yourself a chance to drive on by. And obviously they gained a ton of time on pit road. Um, and thankfully was able to drive on by him on track anyway. I just didn't really understand that part of the strategy. Um, but you know, it played out right. And it's great to see RCR beating Henrik Motorsports on pit lane, especially considering that that nine crew has been deemed one of the best pit crews in the series. And they won the all-star race pit crew challenge last year as well. So I think that might be a big boost for that whole team as well, seeing how much they actually gain on pit road there. Yeah, it's, you know, we'll probably say this till we're blue in the face about this new car, but it definitely gives a, and not an advantage, but an edge to lower level teams. I mean, not saying track house, track house was kind of midfield last year and now, all of a sudden, they have two drivers finishing in the top five the past couple of weeks and winning races. So, but um, yeah, it, next week or this coming week, we have Atlanta. Um, no idea what we're going to see there. We, we saw a lot of wild racing last time. William Byron took the W. Yeah, that's a race that can go pretty much any way possible. I mean, super speedway. Um, they have raced the cars here before, so they will have set up and they will know roughly what to bring. Um, but yeah, pure speed is probably going to prevail here and a bit of luck because there's definitely going to be some wrecks. Um, but yeah. Byron, like you said, won last year's or last time around. So he's uh, he's definitely going to be one to look out for. But, you know, super speedways, anyone can win. This could be where Blaney gets his win. Truex could be good here. I mean, Corey LaJoy finished fifth last time around, probably because a lot of cars were taken out. But if they get a good engine in that car, he could definitely be one to look out for. And, uh, I mean, this, this is a race where anyone can win. So I don't see a, a reason why we wouldn't see um a 14th winner here but then again joey logano chase elliott there's a lot of those guys that are good here as well so uh, a lot of unknowns coming into this weekend that's for sure right and i also think you got to look at guys like bubba wallace you know uh to be good there too it they made atlanta into a track that anything can happen so and we'll probably see almost anything yeah, this could uh, this could be his chance to get in the playoffs as well. I mean, uh, as well as Daytona, but I think it, they don't really want to. I think they're going to do everything they can to get to win here. Hopefully, just uh, see his pit crew not have any mistakes, and he's definitely going to be in contention. Uh, but like we said before, one crash could take out half the half the field, and you don't even need to be in that battle that causes the crash to be in it, especially with how how tight Atlanta actually is. So, uh, yeah, it's it's impossible to say what's going to happen. Michael McDowell continues to have a record year for him. 
finished eighth yesterday. I think that's five top tens for him this year. Mm, yeah, I think it's even more than that. Actually, he's he's had a great year. Uh, I saw a meme someone that he's the new goat, which might be a bit much, <laughs> but he's uh, he's definitely had a good season. Uh, see if we can find him here. He's got seven top tens now. Yeah, in eighteen wow. races, and I think that's equal to what he had all of last year. If that was after the last top ten he had, so uh, he's he's on a good run. But again, he's at twenty first in the points, so he's definitely going to need uh, well, his average finish yeah. is sixteen point five, and that's four points better than last year. So you know, or, or four places better. I I would like to see him win a race. I and again. Anybody can win a race this year, it seems like. So we might see him in the playoffs too. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, two super speedways and two road courses. It's uh, has a lot of chance for him to do to do that. But then again, if he gets a win, I definitely think that takes us over seventeen. So, um, but if that's the case, then Austin Sindrick or Denny Hamlin are the one, the first ones to go out. So he's uh, he's quite far above uh, both of those I think at least any Hamlin he should be ahead of actually Hamlin just overtook him so yeah he would still be in a bad spot now after Hamlin overtaking him so he, he's uh, he's gonna have to outperform Hamlin even if he does get a win the way the championship is shaping up so a win might not even be a guarantee for him which would suck for that team but you know you, we're uh... just gonna have to wait and see you see that he's had 26 pit road penalties this year. Hamlin has. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And he's still won two races. It's wild to me. That is wild. He's He's got two race wins, but he's only got four top tens and three mm-hmm. top fives, which is why he's currently 20th in points. Uh, so he, the start he had to the year, obviously, contributes to him being that far down, but... Two wins out of four top ten finishes. That is, uh, that's almost got to be unheard of. I mean, he, if he wants to be anywhere in the championship uh, debate, he's definitely going to need to pick it up and get a few more top tens. I mean, a win and you advance, obviously, but there is no way he's going to win his way through the champ through the playoffs into a championship round, unless some switch just flips. But no. No, he's a long way from having a team that can make the, the championship four. Yeah, they have eight weeks to figure it out. So, I, th- I mean, they're a good team. They're veterans. They know what they're doing. So something's probably going to happen there. But I, I struggle to see them making it in into the championship four this year, unfortunately for him. Yeah, it's – this year is just unlike anything I've ever seen. Um just absolutely wild. I never would have thought that on road courses we'd have three first-time winners. That is that is kind of like something that's unnatural to me. Like first-time wins usually don't come at road courses unless you're Chase Elliott. <laughs> yeah, I mean to have to have three in three road course races. That's uh, that's pretty wild. The first three, I mean, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Truex, Kyle Busch, all those guys there to win. And then these three guys that never had a, has a win before comes up and just takes them all away. So if that trend continues, 
who knows who might be the next one to get a win. Um, even, even if we go back to last year, um, Christopher Bell got his win at the Daytona road course. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, that's, it's kind of weird to me because before, you know, growing up, it was the road dominator guys. They win the road course guys are the only guys that win that road courses. And that's because they're dominant. And that's what we were seeing with Chase Elliott. And he kind of, I mean, he proved yesterday he didn't fully, you know, come down from this throw throne of uh, road course King, but just something new is happening. And I'm just not see, used to seeing it. Yeah. I mean, the, the playing field has gotten a lot more equal as well. Guys are getting better at road course racing, but usually, like you said, there were like six or seven guys that could win on the road course. Now there's almost more people who can win on a road course than can win on an oval when you come into the races. It's almost even more unpredictable. Um, so it, it's great to see. And speaking of that, we can't forget to mention Joey Hand for Rick Ware Racing as well. I know that car is probably prepared by Stuart Haas Racing, but Rick Ware Racing finishing second in a stage and scoring nine stage points. That's That's got to be huge for them, even though I think he finished quite far down. They, and he got that from staying out, but they made it into the final round of qualifying as well. Yeah. They've, they've, Rick Ware Racing has had decent runs with drivers that aren't Cody Ware. You know, and they've, they've had some, you know, moments of brilliance through the season. Obviously, I'm talking like 17th place, but they've had good runs. Uh, so who knows what next year is going to bring? Yeah, just get, you know, get better full-time drivers, put a bit more money and time into it. I think they can definitely start contending for top 20s a lot more frequently, and which could translate into some top 10s, you know, with some luck and some strategy. Um, but their main driver, I think, is is the main issue right now. They bring in good drivers every now and then and get results, uh, but their full-time driver doesn't really... Uh, do that which is unfortunate but again it's family it's the name so doubt it's going to change unless there is a sponsor that says hey get us this driver and we will sponsor you who knows um i mean until then anytime cody where nascar has set the bar on twitter for any time cody where does decent in a race they'll last for anime gifts <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you saw that after Sonoma, but they're like in celebration of Cody Ware's stage point. <laughs> Send us your best waifu memes. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh so overall, uh kinda kinda hoping the rumors are true that Road America's gone away next year. Um, cause man. I don't remember last year's race being a barn burner either, but you know, we, we saw a good battle for the lead in the, you know, last 15 laps, but for most of it, it was the chase Elliott show. Yeah. Much like, you know, last year, Kyle Larson at Sonoma, even though he had to drive through the field twice, but still there was nothing stopping him. And then this time it looked the same, but then obviously at the end it changed. Um, 
Coda was a bit more dramatic, even though it was still a long, long track with a little bit of battling. But a great ending seems to bump up the ratings for a race a little bit. But without that battle for the win, I think this would have been probably one of the worst ranked races of the year, despite of the fact that Chase Elliott won. Because oh, that seems to bump up the ratings quite a bit, but uh, that would have yeah. that would have amplified the outrage of the race, you know. Uh, yeah, I I see people trying to justify it like it was a real racers race. Like what? Wouldn't a racers race be competitive? Like I don't know. Who knows? Have no idea what we're gonna see next week, but we will be back to talk about it for sure. Um, Hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been Sunday's Drivers. And have a good rest of your day.